Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the In Repose podcast with your host, Caitlin of Caitlin Curiosity. In Repose is a space for us to have intentional conversations around our businesses, our home, and just our day-to-day lives. And I'm so grateful you are here. Thank you so much for being so patient with me. Last week, I had to take the week off because we had a family emergency here, which I might as well share with you because I want to fill you in so you know all the details. So last week, Daniel and our two-year-old border collie, Vlad, which is Daniel adopted him, but now us being a partnership, I say ours because he is, we are a pack. We are, we are a family all together and Daniel's back to work. So he's back to working in the forest. He's also on top of that. He does wildfire fighting in the summers as well. So it is his busiest season of bouncing here, there, and everywhere. So he was up in the forest working. Vlad, since the time he was, what, three months old, has gone to work with Daniel and he is so obedient so loyal. He's the sweetest dog you will ever meet on the face of this planet. I have the two grouchiest old lady pups and they love him. And that says so much. (laughs) That's the only testimonial you need there. (laughs) And they had gone to work in the woods. Again, this is normal for Vlad, but someone had fired off gunshots, which is very normal here because of hunting and scaring off predators and all those things. So it's, it's just normal here. Gunshots are normal here in a, I mean, not like all the time, but mostly in the hunting way are trying to scare off predators because we live near so much open land. And where they are, there are mountain lions, there are bears, there are wolves, there are coyotes. What else am I missing? There is the, there's other things. <laughs> I can't even remember the list of them all, but there's a lot of predators. And that's why I also feel like sharing the story because I don't think you fully grasp it unless you live in the mountains. So essentially, Vlad went missing. This gunshot spooked him off so badly that he bolted off, which he's never done in his life. Even around gunshots before, he's been afraid of them, but, and they were far off. They weren't, Daniel didn't shoot them by any means, and we don't know who did. But for whatever reason, he ran that time. And Daniel's instinctual reaction was to go find him. And I just want to share this too, because we learned through the experience that you often actually want to stay put because if the animal comes back and you're not there and you don't leave like a piece of clothing or a blanket to let them know that you're coming back, they may think you're gone and they may continue on their journey to go find you. So we don't know what happened, but Vlad took off. Daniel went to go find him and search for him for five days, hours upon hours upon hours. And so last week we were just so sad and so heartbroken and we're stuck in this place between hope and praying that he was safe and alive because of how many predators are out there the closest home the he where they're at there is thousands and thousands and thousands of open acres thousands there's not houses around there's not the town isn't around and so we just kept hoping and hoping but it was so unlike him that it was really hard for us to grasp that, like, he bolted, that something must have happened to him, that he would never leave. So on the fifth day, we had a phone call where we were just in so much grief. We love our animals so hard, so hard, so freaking hard. Oh, and we were in so much grief. So last week, I was barely present. I... <laughs> could get, a, the the most I could accomplish was the bare minimum last week. And that's because I'm a human 
And just because I have a business doesn't mean I am the only human in my business and I'm a human who owns a business. And my part of working is part of my purpose and part of my journey and part of why I'm here on this in this experience, but it's not my only purpose. And at the end of it, at the root of it, what matters most to me is my partner and the family that we have, which right now it consists of animals. And that's all that matters to me. They are the most important thing that matters. And so we were grieving so hard last week of on the fifth day, we just knew that at this point in time with the amount of predators there are and the temperatures were dipping down into freezing at night that and the resources, he'd be running out of resources, the chances of him being alive were really, really slim and that we needed to accept that he had probably passed. And that was so heavy and so heartbreaking. And I shit you not, <laughs> two hours later, because we had posted on our, we have two different, we have a few different like Facebook groups in the community. Our community heavily uses Facebook. <laughs> it's the only reason why I participate in it. But they have a group for lost and found pets. And I had posted right when he had gotten lost a picture of him and letting everyone know. And we're just, we're so lucky that we live in a tight knit small community who cares about one another because I received this message on Facebook. My phone alerted me because I don't have like Facebook notifications on, but for some reason the messenger I had alerted, I had like alerts on and I got a notification that someone had messaged me and was saying something to the extent of like, oh, it looks like you and Vlad are being reunited. That's amazing. (laughs) And I, when I read that, I was like, is this a sick joke? Does someone think that's funny? Like, is that, (laughs) that was the first reaction in my head of, no, we're not being reunited. Why would you say that? (laughs) But in a snap second, I was like, no, 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 no. Go check your Facebook. You don't have notifications on. Maybe something happened. So I go and I had been tagged by like 10 different people of the, on this post in the found, where I had posted the loss. Someone had posted that day, two hours after Daniel and I had that conversation of just crying and grieving together five days of him gone a picture of him with his little ears tucked and someone had found him he had traveled 20 miles to the nearest house plopped down on their porch and just surrendered and they posted him and I caught my heart was beating out of my chest it was freaking out I called Daniel's 8 30 at night at this point and I, and I was like someone found him someone found him he didn't believe me he jumps in his car I get the address and the phone number of them he calls them because he just starts driving down because he's so high up in the forest he knew that it, I mean it would take at least 30 minutes for him to get down towards town where houses are so he just jumped in his car he got the address they were so kind, asked us, are you sure you don't want him to stay overnight? It's it's getting late. And he was like, no, I'm getting him now. He's been gone for five days. We'd all been so worried. Picked him up that night, took him back to where he's staying. He ended up taking him here home the next day. And just for him to recover for the few days, Vlad. And the poor guy, especially at night, the first few days were really hard because he was recovering from the trauma of being in survival mode for five days and not being with his pack and hearing wolves and coyotes and when Daniel was searching for him one of the days he came face to face face to face with a bear in the woods it's beyond me because that freaks me out (laughs) Daniel is so fearless and so he understands animals so well. He spooked it off. And I know that it, it, that doesn't always happen, but uh, we're very, eh. I don't know what else to say besides that. Yes, that freaks me out too. But 
it doesn't freak Daniel out because he works in the woods and has for years and he's very well equipped. And so anyways, at night was the hardest for Vlad because he was panting. You could just tell he was so anxious. He was physically showing signs of anxiousness at night, especially because that was probably, in my opinion, probably the scariest time for him was to try and find a place to rest and not being able to rest because that's when all of the predators are out hunting. And so that was really hard. He was so sore. He could like hardly, his paws were torn. His nails were worn down. He, he had traveled 20 miles in the thick of woods of, of not, it, it just the wilderness, the mountains for five days. It's wild to me. It's still wild. And so I'm not someone who pre-batches my content. I tried to sit down last week to record an episode to let you know what was going on, why I needed a break. I couldn't. I I emotionally was not regulated last week because even once he was home and we were so lucky and something truly had an angel, a guardian looking out for him because we were so lucky he came home safe. So lucky. And I just fattened him up because he definitely lost weight and loved on him. And we've just been making it a point to make sure he feels safe. And animals experience trauma too. We know this. They're living beings. They experience trauma too. We know this. And I could see it in him and I can feel it in him. And so we've just been so loving and patient and just giving, letting him know that he's safe here and creating that and just doing whatever we can to keep him safe and all of our animals safe. And I just... I'm so grateful that I had the space to take a week off last week. And I, yeah, I don't pre-batch content. It would have been really nice to have a pre-recorded episode, but I don't do that. So instead, I just needed to take that time to focus on our family and make sure we're all okay because that's what's most important at the end of the day. Oh, that's it. That's it. Now, do we have any house updates? So we are in the middle of, or at the beginning stages, I should say, of searching for our own land to buy and yeah. <laughs> it's like, where do we want to go with this conversation? <laughs> There's so many different layers. <laughs> There's so much of me that wants to tell you why, what has really pushed us into moving more quickly than we had planned. We're also very lucky and privileged that we have savings saved up to purchase our own land because we wanted to, honestly, if in a dream world, we would wait till next year because the market's really tough right now. It's really challenging. Things are getting souped up really fast. It's a problem happening in a lot of local communities is, is out-of-towners, people out-of-towners with different salaries coming in and buying second homes and catering to tourists. There's a lot of things being flipped for Airbnbs. There's no rentals for locals that hardly exist. And then the actual real estate market for sale is going so fast and so quick. So in an ideal world, we would have waited till next year. But we are also in a position that the space that we're on, the land, the the property that we're on for the past few months, we've been dealing with so much stress here in someone valuing money over everything and wanting to build and build and build and put more houses on this land than they're supposed to, than there should be just for the sake of money, 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 more money, money, money. And it, besides it affecting me on a personal level, that aside, communicating that it has over the past few months, I haven't shared it publicly, don't know that I ever will fully go into it out of respect for the other person involves. But 
It's been incredibly stressful and I'm not the only one. Okay, let's take the personal out of it, Caitlin. Me personally out of it, it's really destructive to communities because it's not just us that it's happening to. It is happening to communities all around us where it is becoming really, really hard for working people to buy their own land, to even rent because everything is being catered to tourism and more money and more money and more money. And it's really heartbreaking and frustrating and angering and... I'm still digesting. I still don't know how to properly verbalize it. And I think because I'm experiencing it on a personal level, it's that much more painful. But then I look outside of me and I look to people who are being affected even deeper. And it angers me. It angers me because it's so destructive to our communities. It's so destructive. So it's just figuring out what can we do? What is my part in this? All of those things. So that aside, (laughs) tangent aside, we are still, we're in the beginning stage of looking for a home. And I do want to express that, that although all of these things are existing, I, I will forever be, I will forever be an optimist. Like I'm just optimistic. I'm also skeptical and, and cynical sometimes. Like I am very skeptical and like to question things. But I really, where I want to invest, where I choose to invest my time and energy is not in fear, not in lack. And that's a very conscious effort, right? It's very easy to go to the fear, to the scarcity, especially when that's something that I've been, I grew up with that. And so I've had to consciously choose Otherwise, and that's taken years. For me, it's a very conscious thing. It's not some subconscious work for me. It's conscious. And from that, I've developed trust in the in, in feeling supported, in knowing that our home is coming to us so that we're finding it, and in the timing of it all. I mean, if you look at how I even found this rental from Phoenix to here, a tiny town, a state I had never been, the odds of that happening are like one to a million, right? I don't know the statistic, but I know it's it's rare. And so I see possibility. I choose to invest in possibility. I choose that. So no matter how hard the market is, no matter how challenging this may be, I really, really choose. I My belief is that we're going to find our place. And we've just started. <laughs> like, we've just started. And it's not even a choice. Honestly, I don't even, I want to scrap that. It's a knowing. I just know. There are some things that I'm really, really certain of and other things that I'm not. But this is one thing that I'm really certain of, that I know we're finding our home. So we're actually discussing and and just, I always like to take the unconventional approach too, because I think we, we have sometimes this mindset of things are supposed to work this way and that's the only way. And I am not that person. Maybe it's my undefined head centers and human design, but I believe there are so many different possibilities and there aren't. I know that because I've seen it. I see it all the time. There's not one ultimate way to do anything. So even when it comes to buying a house, yes, we're, we are looking every day at the MLS listings or I am and looking at those things, but also, also, Daniel's a, a two-form manifester. And so I, I love energetics. I love human design. It's so fun for me. Side note. But I encourage him to talk to his community, his who he knows, his his groups, 
to just put the feelers out if there's any anything for sale that's not listed yet, that someone was thinking of listing, that someone would maybe they have multiple things of land. And so we <laughs> that to me is done and we may go look at this property. We're in discussion with someone that he knows that has multiple properties and they may be willing to sell one of them. So we will see. Doesn't mean it's the one. I'm just saying opening up the idea that there's possibilities other than just the one. Oh, there's so many possibilities. There's a million ways to success. There's a million ways. There's a million ways to do a lot of things. And I know that's like annoying to some people because we want one way, but that's not life. At least that's not my life. There's so many ways to do so many things. So for me, that makes life fun because I know there's always a possibility of like, okay, cool. Maybe it's not that path, but what if there's like this path and that path and that path and that path and maybe that path over there. Maybe we should try that one too while we're at it. One of them's got to work, right? <laughs> but I will keep you updated on how it's going and just the 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 week to week updates because maybe and maybe it's not week to week quite honestly because maybe there's just some weeks where nothing happens because that's part of it too even searching for a rental before I moved here there was weeks where nothing happens and that was okay and and that's the weeks when the doubt comes up the most right where oh maybe I'm asking for too much maybe this is impossible blah 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 those doubts those doubts there's safe space for those doubts to come up doubt will always live within me it's just. The difference is it doesn't, fear isn't in the driver's seat. That's the difference. That's the difference. Trust is in my driver's seat. Doubt and fear, she's chilling in the backseat. She's going to she's gonna say some things every so often, but she's not driving us anymore. She's not in control of where we're going and what moves we make, what turns we make. She's back there whispering under her breath, and it's, we're going to let her be her. She has the space to express those things. She has a safe space to express those doubts, but she's not running the show anymore. It's just acknowledging them and acting on the ones that that actually actually that that feel aligned. Because I think doubt can come up and maybe pivot us, or I guess I want to say fear. Fear is not running the show. Fear is going to come up and try and keep us safe, always and forever. There's not this ultimate existence of never having doubts. We're we're humans. We are souls in this human experience. So it's okay and it's normal and it's healthy to have fears or doubts or anxieties or stresses to come up, but they do not run the show because I trust myself. You trust yourself. And if you don't, to root down, double down in cultivating that relationship with yourself so that trust is in the driver's seat. We are in week two, the end of week two in Intentional Income 3.0, which is a four-week group coaching program where we where I teach the organic strategies needed to use the digital world as a tool for building an authentic community and running a profitable business. It's a four-week live masterclass with an amazing group of entrepreneurs. I cannot believe the energy that is in there. I cannot believe the businesses that are in there. The way that everyone has consistently shown up vulnerably, shared their story, shared where they're going through, shared their questions, and then continue to share and support one another has been so beautiful to witness. This week is one of those weeks where I feel so lucky. Gosh, I feel so lucky with the clients that I have over in Foundational Frequency, which is our two-on-one sessions with myself and Taylor Way, where we're using your human design to go through and refine your business to deeper align it. And I sit here and I sit back in awe and watching 
these intentional entrepreneurs that I'm surrounded by that I get to be in community with in these programs. And I'm blown away. And it's always, I learn so much in going through them. It's so much, so much from just, again, I love patterns. I love having this bird's eye view on what we're working through, the conversations that are going on, jumping in when I can support, and really witnessing week by week entrepreneurs using the teachings as a toolkit, not as the one end-all be-all magical solution formula, right? As anything you invest in is, a, is, is part of your toolkit. You're building this toolkit. There is not one solution. <laughs> Again, <laughs> there's not. And that's liberating. And each week, watching them build their toolkit and gain clarity and gain trust and step into the unknown, step into the growing pains, sharing the growing pains and watching that self-trust develop is so beautiful. Ugh, it's everything. It's why I do what I do, honestly, honestly, truly, madly, deeply. And I feel like someone who has an undefined heart, again, talking about touching on a lot of human design today. (laughs) An undefined heart in human design. There are these, I feel sometimes that, no, I know. I master the, the questions of value and worth. And what's really been so liberating for me is not searching for worth, not building up worth, not reprogramming worth, not believing I'm worthy. It's it's consciously choosing myself and trusting myself and believing in myself and taking steps into the unknown, taking inspired action into the doubt, against the doubt, in the face of doubt, still continuing to take inspired action, supporting myself in the midst of a failure or a flop, which what does that even mean? Someone didn't buy it? Someone didn't sign up? So somehow that equates to my value? No, no. And it's been weighing on my heart so much. I think watching a group of entrepreneurs so closely, seeing those questions of feeling like the need to prove a value, feeling like the need to prove worth or search for worth or rebuild worth, or I thought I had higher worth than this. I thought I proved that to myself. Ah, I didn't. And it's like, no, 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 no. Being in the midst personally of a situation with with the house situation, with that person that was once what I considered a friend here, was more so than just a business relationship here, a transaction relationship here. It felt like a friendship or a community member, which doesn't feel like it exists anymore, where money is valued more than Right now, I'm in the thick of of being in an experience where someone doesn't see my value. That's what I'm trying to say here. I am in the thick of it. And this is the first time a year ago had I been in this situation, I would have been questioning. I would have been trying to prove something. I would have been so fearful, so scared, so trying to overcompensate, so angry, like, can't you see my value here? Why can't you see my value here? 
And I know as entrepreneurs, we 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 are put in this situation a lot. This isn't a business thing for once. It's here with the the land that I'm on, the property that I'm on, right? With that person of someone, that person not seeing my value, my value and valuing money more than anything, more than a more than a community, more than what they've. <laughs> And the fact is, I mean, it's it's so hard for me to say it without actually saying that. <laughs> I don't see the value in you. This is more important than you are. That's what we're getting to the root of. That's what we're getting to the root of. And thinking of a situation personally for you where that has shown up for you. Is it a client saying you're too expensive? Is it a friendship walking away from you painfully and not giving you the time of day to have a conversation? which I've done to other people too. I've hurt people when I'm hurt. I have definitely hurt people. That's the thing. <laughs> see? <laughs> That's it though. I didn't walk away from them because I didn't see their value. That wasn't it. It was nothing to do with them and everything to do with me. And that's the exact situation. So flip it around. Flip it around. It has nothing to do with you. That person not seeing your value has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. I know it feels like rejection. I know it feels personal. I know it because I'm in it. That doubt in my mind wants to come up and say, this is personal. This hurts. This hurts. And I had a moment where I expressed those fears to my partner and he felt so protective of, (laughs) especially being a manifester of, I need to go inform this person what, what they're doing is not right. And I had to say, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's not personal. It's not personal. It's not personal that they don't see my value. And giving myself the space to say, to to have those old thoughts of this feels hurtful, expressing them, talking through them and seeing so clearly that it, that it doesn't have anything to do with me, that them disposing of me, them that I didn't have anything to prove. You don't have anything to prove. You have nothing to prove. You never have to prove your value or how worthy you are to someone else. It comes from that trust in myself that I don't need that person's validation. I don't need them to, I don't need them to see the value in me. Also, I think it's important to witness if you feel wronged by someone or you feel like they don't see the value, and maybe you don't know them personally enough to see this pattern, but if it's a pattern they do to multiple people, especially that's the information and data to tell you this has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with you. And a year ago, I would have been so hung up on it, so hung up on that hurt, so hung up on so hung up on that hurt, just wanting to stay in that hurt, to wanting to be a victim or wanting to live in that victim mentality. I can have the space to feel hurt, but also know that that doesn't define me, that I don't need someone else's validation to define me. I don't need to change anything about myself, change my pricing, change my this, change my that, shape shift. Oh, am I valuable to you now? You don't have to do that. And this was the first time that I've ever witnessed this in myself. That I could have the conversation of that felt hurtful, but you know, it isn't personal. It has nothing to do with me. And this is temporary. This is temporary. 
and to really choose to invest my energy, my thoughts, my mental health (laughs) on the beautiful things in my life. That we can get caught in this loop. It's like this loop of a cycle of this hurts, this sucks. Why don't they see the value in me? Why aren't I worthy? And just getting zhu, 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 going around and around and around in a circle. And it's like, I always think about like, well, how did I get off the ride? (laughs) Because I was on that ride for so long. And it's the ride of the undefined hearts of why can't you see the value in me? Why can't you see that? And it's not, I... It's not something I've had. I also feel the need to express with love that I wasn't given that in childhood either. I wasn't given that. And I didn't do inner child work to heal that. I simply developed and went all in on a relationship with myself, cultivating that communication, that safe space, that support, nurturing myself, loving myself on a conscious level, day in and day out, every day. Making a commitment to that, giving myself everything I need, even if that meant last week, something so simple as taking a week off from the podcast, from my emails, from my text, to give myself the space to emotionally regulate what was happening, where I felt like I was grieving, where I felt like I was trying to take care of our family, nurturing myself through that as well, so I could nurture those around me, so that I could get, I wasn't on that that roller coaster that we can, that ride that we can put ourselves on of looking to others to prove our value, to see the worth in our pricing, to see the worth in our art, to see the worth in our offerings, to see the worth in us. You are inherently valuable and worthy. Inherently. And that can't be dependent on what the external world is giving you and showing you and communicating with you. Because there's always going to be people who don't see that. I know that in most cases, it's not personal. Let's just say it is personal. Let's just say it is personal. It's not our responsibility. It's not my responsibility to change this person's opinion. It's just not. And it's just not where I'm going to invest my energy. Why if I have the choice? I have a choice in where I invest my time, love, thoughts, mental health, energy. And if one path is to to be consumed by the fact that this person is disposing of me, treating me different than everyone here, (laughs) going out of their way to be very... (laughs) Taking inspired action to make me really feel like I'm not valued here and I'm just totally out of place and I shouldn't be here. Fine. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I'm not going to choose to invest my time and energy thinking, being consumed by, oh God, how hurtful that is or how sad that is. No, I let myself feel the hurt and then it passes. Because I have a business and a family and a partner and the house hunt and the possibility of a dream home. And that's where I want to invest my energy. So that's where I put it. It's that conscious choice. Discomfort is welcome. Discomfort is welcome here. Rejection, those feelings of rejection, those feelings of hurt, those feelings of 
oh, this doesn't feel good. Oh, I want to feel anything but this. <laughs> Why? I don't want to feel this. But letting ourselves feel it anyway. Allowing ourselves the space to surrender, to nurture ourselves, to love ourselves, to go all in on the commitment to ourselves that, you know what? I'm going to face this world and sometimes the outside world is not going to understand me. Sometimes it's not going to accept me. Sometimes it's not going to see my worth or my value. But I see that within myself. I don't need that. I don't need that. And I know that's easier said than done. It's taken me years to get to this point. Truly, this felt like the first year where I could encounter a situation because I've been in this situation multiple times before and I probably will be in it again. I cannot expect a life where I'm not going to encounter people who <laughs> who don't see that within me, that don't see that value in me. I can't expect a life where I'm going to meet everyone who does. It doesn't matter, right? It's it, It's like, it doesn't matter. There's not that charge there. It doesn't hold that charge. We can talk about it in a way where it doesn't hold that charge. It doesn't hold that power over us. We can experience the hurts. We can experience the doubt or the frustration or the anger. And we can breathe into it. We can let it teach us what it's here to teach us. This discomfort, this situation has allowed so much growth Ah, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to have to advocate for myself and doing it anyway. And my stomach flipping in knots of, I don't want to have to have this conversation, but meeting it with, I have nothing to prove here. I'm going to advocate for myself because I have nothing to prove here. And with the rejection or the discomfort or whatever feelings are arising, letting them, letting them come to the surface, breathing through them. And letting them pass like a wave. Doubling down on that self-trust. Cultivating that self-trust. That self-responsibility. Because with that trust, there's also responsibility. A responsibility to hold yourself accountable, yes. But not self-blame. A responsibility to maybe know or understand where the root is. But not blame anyone outside of us. And I believe that can happen on a very conscious level. For me, it's a very conscious thing that takes consistency every single day not looking outside of myself for the answers or someone's solution but committing to that relationship to self i'm going to cap it here for today because i need to feed the pups but i'm so grateful you joined me in this conversation if you'd like to be a part of our chamomile coffee community which i would love to have you if you're not following along on instagram at caitlin curiosity in witnessing the chamomile coffee community, all you need to do is take a moment to leave a review on the podcast. It would be so appreciative. Send a screenshot of it to me via email, hello at caitlincuriosity.com, and I will gift you the coffee tonics and herbal powders workshop so you can be a part of the chamomile coffee community. <laughs> and just bringing that intentionality into your morning ritual when it comes to making your coffee it's so beautiful. It's so accessible. It's so intuitive. It's so special. I just love it so much. I love, thank you so much for being here. I just, I have so much love for you taking the time to join me and sit down in conversation. 
each week with me. And if anything comes up for you, please know that I am here for you. You can direct message me over on Instagram, again, at Caitlin Curiosity. Anything that's coming up, anywhere I can support you, I'm fully here and I'm sending you so much love. I will talk to you next week. 